Hey everyone, welcome back to uh, BioNexus Health Podcast Series, Autism Uprooted. Today we will be speaking to multiple families. I believe somewhere between 12 to 15 have signed up for a question and answer session. Um, you guys must have seen the uh, apartment hunting or house hunting webinar that I did with um, the incredible mom, Sarah. And uh, Sarah is a, a nurse practitioner and she has decided, she has always been very active and helpful for her um, individual community. And she is a leader in her community in helping um, autism families with any questions and um, that they may have. And she has been kind enough to organize. And of course, I, um, I was happy to um, you know, volunteer my time as well. So it should be uh, very informational, it should be awesome today. And uh, let's proceed and welcome everyone to today's Q&A podcast. Welcome to the BioNexus Health Podcast with Dr. Jodi A. Dashaw, who holds a PhD in Integrative Medicine, is board certified in Integrative Pediatrics, an internationally recognized pioneering clinician and author. And now here's your host of BioNexus Health Podcast, Dr. Jodi A. Dashaw. Okay, okay. So you, you had like 15 other um, families who sent you questions in your language. No, no, 15 people who are able to speak and ask questions. Some of them has uh, BHD. Some of them, they have a lot of, you know, they know English, but many others, they don't have, you know, they're not comfortable with their language, but they are, they're doing okay. good though. They have like, wow, they have, uh, sometimes I say autis autism mothers are like doctors themselves. They oh, yes, so absolutely. so much. Yes, yes. I would like to. Aniga, uh, hi. You can introduce yourself, yeah. This is yeah, Koresha. My name hey, is Koresha. My How name are is you? Koresha, but I prefer talking to my language if she can translate for me. She speaks English. Come on, Koresha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but some, some of the words, like medical, I am in not medical field yet. Okay. She, is, she, can, she can translate for me, whatever I miss. Okay. Yes, of course. Yes. Um, Sarah. So yeah. uh, we, we can record this, you know, for those who have language barrier, that's fine. And then, you know, uh, because of the community event, what happened, I don't, let's reschedule after some time for the other families. I don't mind. Okay. That's nice. That's nice. Um, but I think the questions they have is kind of like, most of them are like, you know, what what causes autism? You know what I mean? For example, they, they're looking for why this is happening because where we came from, we, you know, our mothers and fathers, they had like 20 kids, 10 kids, some of them 15 yes. kids. No, we didn't have autism. We don't even have a word for autism. So they wondering why we came here all of a sudden we have like, two, three kids with autism. So it's kind of hard to, to get that. And, you know, why I, I myself have that question. Why? What is going on? You know? Right. right. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. And then yeah. The second, yeah. So let's discuss go. that, right? Yeah. Let's mm -hmm. discuss that a little bit. Uh, now, you know, that is a really important and uh, 
it's it's a profound question, right? It's a very deep question, like what is what is going on? Now, you know, research has shown that there is multiple things that go, you know, that are affected, that go wrong when a child is diagnosed on, on the spectrum. There are over, um, you know, once, once they understood or unraveled the autism genome, uh, you know, they thought that we would find like one or two genes, hey, you know, this is the issue uh, and let's see what we can do. But they found too many genes that were um, not functioning, right? You know, genetic expression was happening, which, which could contribute to autism. You know, nobody has any concrete answers, right? Um, one, one simple thing that everybody understands is if there is a family history, if you have another child on the spectrum, then the chances are very high that your uh, other child can be on the spectrum. But why did that first child, why was, uh, same thing with me, right? I mean, I've got like, you know, very highly educated family members, uncles, grandparents, you know, like you said, lots of children. My grandmother had like, you know, it, uh, I think 14 children. I lost count of my uncles. So, you know, my, my mom had seven and everything was fine. I mean, it, 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 everyone's brilliant. We have doctors, lawyers in the family. What happened? Well, um, you asked what happened after we came here, but autism is worldwide, right? As you know, I see children from more than 85 countries. And, you know, uh, what has happened is that the world has changed, Sarah. I'm, I'm sure mm -hmm. you, you know, you will relate to this. Like um, your formative years, right? When the immune system develops will be from birth and I found, you know, approximately till about 20, 21 years of age, the kind of food you eat, the uh, the kind of, uh, hold on, Najma came. Let, let me just allow Najma to come in. And then I'll continue with my answer. All right, Najma will be joining us. Yes, so, you know, um, in those years, right, our cousins, our uh, grandparents, their children, the whole world was less polluted. Life was simple. You know, I remember uh, growing up, uh, eating food at a restaurant was actually considered to be an insult to the mother. What, your, your, your mom doesn't cook? Why do you have to get food from a restaurant, right? So everything was homemade. You know, we we had, I mean, own cows, own horses, you know, goats. Uh, everything was made at home. The yogurt, the milk, it was pure, it was raw. Uh, so it was a whole other world. So by the time uh, people were about 21 years of age, right? They had, a, everything was pure. They went through puberty, minimal toxins, wonderful immune system, Oh, and yeah. that's right. And that's what sticks with you for the rest of your life. You know, no one was using hand sanitizer every two minutes. You know, I, I remember playing in the mud. You know, I, 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 I don't, my, my mom was an OBGYN, right? So I, I don't remember, you know, her running to me and washing my hands every two minutes. No, you know, we, we played, um, I only got three vaccines. Wow. 
and that two old fashioned vaccines, you know, um, what did I get? Smallpox, polio, and Same tuberculosis. Thing. That's Same it. Thing. Yes. Just three, like you, you get them here. Yeah. Um, and the polio was drops, right? So it was, uh, we have more people coming in, let me admit. Yeah. Right. So by the time, you know, anyone who has reached like 18 to 21 years of age in, in a different world, we are fine, Sarah. You know, we have minimum symptoms. Like I had symptoms, right? Um, yeah. All of the infections and toxins I passed on to my son. And the yeah. reason why I passed on and the reason why my liver, my kidneys, my immune system couldn't hold on to them is because it was a, a whole other world. Yep. Right. You, you you come to another country, and you yep. think you know um, everything's going to be better. Opportunities will be more. I mean, yes. financially, yes, but I think yep. you know um, many many times health wise, it has been a disaster. So what is happening is right: the air we breathe, the food we eat, the water we drink, and the medical care, vaccines, you know, from three vaccines, now it's gone to 44 vaccines that children get. Okay, so there is a lot of toxins. You know, now don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with vaccines. The problem is all the preservatives that they put in the vaccines, you know, all the other things which is not required. Like back in the day, right? When, when we got the polio vaccine, I remember that the nurse used to come home and she mixed the polio drops right there and she gave it to us. So it was like, you know, a fresh vaccine. Wow. So it, it really, I mean, uh, that's one, right? Second is there is a lot of over-medication of our children. You know, mothers from many different countries I have heard, heard them say that, you know, the, uh, the child has a simple stomach virus, okay? So having a stomach virus, uh, you're, you're a nurse, Sarah, so you know, actually, uh, uh, Lou, can you, can you please turn? Hi, Bashi. Hi. Let me... Yeah, let me. Okay, so I I just put everyone on mute. Um, I'm just going to bring you up to date. Uh, Sarah asked me a uh, very important question that other families uh, asked her: that why is there so much autism, especially for immigrant families, you know, coming to the U.S. because back in the home country. Uh, you know, growing up, you hadn't even heard of that. We hadn't heard of that either, uh, Sarah. You know, I mean, you 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 would hear about children with like you know, like mental retardation or polio, and very rare here and there. You know, you you would see some physical deformities, some issues with arms or legs. You know, you we hadn't even heard about autism uh, in medical school. We did not learn about autism. It's just, you know, it, it just wasn't there. Okay, so what did I say? The, the air we breathe, the food we eat, the water we drink, the medical care, a uh, huge number of vaccines now. 
there is a lot of pollution as well as additives in everything, in water, food, um, medical care. And what I was discussing is, uh, I've heard this from moms from many countries, right? There's a simple stomach virus. And especially if it is a first time mother, they get scared. Oh my God, you know, there's, uh, there's diarrhea, there's vomiting, they're not gonna eat, but that's okay. You just try your best, right? Isn't that normal? If you have a stomach virus, you have to allow your immune system to work. But nope. They take them to the pediatrician and what happens? They get antibiotics. They get antiparasitics. They get fever reducers and they get antacids. So just for a small child, a little child who has a normal stomach virus, there's all these heavy medicines, you know, and then sinus is running, more antibiotics, ear infection, more antibiotics. You know, I, I have um, one family in the, uh, in, in the UK, right? Son is Hamza, mom is, uh, so little Hamza would have, both mom and dad are MDs, both mom and dad are physicians in the UK. And, you know, Hamza would have runny nose and, and he would get a rash around the mouth each time, impetigo, right? And, you know, one antibiotic course after another and, and Hamza, pans, pandas was off the charts because it affects the gut. Um, they, they started the Bionexus protocol and she started using the strep blend, the SS blend on the rash, on the eczema, and it was gone for the first time in four years without antibiotics, even with the antibiotics, it, it did not go away, but this time with the herbals, it was gone. So um, so that's, that's one of, I mean, you know, I, I went over a few of the reasons why we are seeing autism. So all of these toxins, they cause brain inflammation. And when, when brain is inflamed, for each person, depending on your genetics, you will see similar symptoms, but still slightly different symptoms, right? You know, we have some children with autism who have ADHD. Some children don't have the ADHD, but, but they have self-injury behaviors like, you know, head banging, biting. Uh, some are aggressive, some are not aggressive. So there is a, a, a lot of variation and we have to look at genetics as well. You know, there are two kinds of genetics. One is your genetic predisposition to uh, your immune system being able to handle infections. Is there, you know, any kind of immune, um, immune compromise? And second genetics is your detoxification. You know, when you're being exposed to all this pollution and glyphosate and pesticides in the food, can your liver, lymph, kidney, lungs, and skin, these are your body's detox organs, can these detox organs detoxify correctly? And that's where we are seeing um, genetic problems with that as well, right? So Up until that, I, I hope everyone understood what, what I'm trying to say before I move on to the next step. Okay, so next step is, 
there is actual brain damage that happens with environmental toxins, right? So if you're exposed to mold, and again, you know, uh, it is all over the world, not just in the United States, anywhere there is moisture, there is rain, depending on the construction. Like, uh, you know, I have um, one family in Africa who lives in, um, in a house that is made with just bricks and mud. So there's no mold issues, you know, because it is made very solidly, old fashioned way. And, you know, there's no mold issues, but, but they have other issues with autism, with infections and toxins. But yeah, so the, the, the kids responded really well. None of the children were vaccinated. So both, you know, one son, one, one daughter on the spectrum, uh, both did very well. You know, this is from, uh, from uh, one family is from Johannesburg and other families from DRC. Congo. So uh, the, the the autism family from DRC, mom is also a nurse. I actually met her at a conference in the US and, and you know, uh, most African cultures, Asian cultures, they believe in natural medicine much before than conventional. So brain damage can be caused anywhere from one area to seven areas in the gray matter, seven nuclei in the gray matter, they atrophy, they become small. And then anywhere from one to three areas in the white matter, in the white matter in the brain, they swell up or they, they develop edema. So when this happens, a, a, a lot of, you know, so between brain damage and brain inflammation, a lot of symptoms of autism happen, okay? And what keeps this going? So now, you know, uh, Sarah, like you mentioned, uh, autism moms are some of the smartest people in the world. You know, I absolutely agree. And uh, everyone has researched the leaky gut connection, okay? So just remember, it's not a one-way pathway. Leaky gut to leaky brain, but remember leaky brain to leaky gut as well. So the leaky brain affects the gut and the leaky gut affects the brain. So both way traffic and what gets stuck in between. What is this pathway? It is your autonomic nervous system or the vagus nerve. Now the vagus nerve is what calms the body, gives you attention, gives you focus, allows the body to heal and repair itself. So there is a lot of autonomic dysfunction happening as well. So there are many practitioners in the world who understand this, <coughs> excuse me, who understand this entire connection because it's very complex. I was speaking to a mom, also a nurse uh, in, uh, uh, in Qatar, and she mentioned that, you know, they have a beautiful medical system and, you know, the, the, the government, the hospitals, they try to help the children with autism, but they fail because it's so complex, you know, and uh, unfortunately, uh, what has happened is uh, people have come up with solutions for, for one thing after another, right? Okay, so there's mitochondria issues. Now you should treat the mitochondria. Then you should treat the heavy metals. 
Okay, so there is, you know, um, uh, what else? Uh, there is gut problem, so you try to heal the gut. So people do this, whatever they get information. They say, okay, so now I'm doing this, then I'm doing this. But that doesn't really work because you're not systematically going to the root cause of everything. Because, you know, if there is inflammation, then everything will grow back. If you have toxins, if you have infections, you know, all living organisms, they grow. And inflammation is fantastic because they can grow more. So unless you come up with something that can address everything all at once, it becomes very difficult to, to really see good results, okay? Now, will everybody get better? Nobody gets better to 100%. I typically see, you know, 80 to 90% improvements after running all the labs, after getting a clear picture, what is going on with the child, and very, very important, what to prioritize. If you have seven infections and five toxins, okay, what do you prioritize? That is where the skill of your practitioner comes into play. Because for example, if you have heavy metals and you also have yeast, what do you prioritize? Yeast. You will prioritize yeast. You know, there's so much research with heavy metals that, okay, you know, you, you have to do heavy metals uh, for two years, you know, with mineral balancing, blah, blah, blah. But what do you think happens? Yeast is a living organism. It will keep growing, right? So uh, what is the best way? If you cannot afford to do both together, then you have to prioritize yeast. But if you can afford to do both together, that is the best way to do this. Okay, so that's just one example, you know, because infections actually talk to each other. For example, if you have strep, right? And if you have yeast or fungi, they will communicate with each other and say that, you know, this is the host, this is the body, this is the weakness in the immune system. And here's the information that we have gathered so you can grow more. And, and this is not just my experience. There is hardcore research. If, if you go on PubMed, you will see all of these articles about bacterial intelligence. Remember bacteria and your gut microbiome. These bacteria, the good and the bad, have been around millions of years more than human beings. So they have their own communication system. Um, that is why it's very important to look at genetics, to run proper lab work and to customize the protocol to each patient. If you are looking for long-term, if you're looking for band-aids, there are many treatments out there. You know, there are treatments from $500 to $20,000. You go ahead, try them. But many of them you will see uh, if things are not done in the right order, you will not see lasting improvement. That's, 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 that's been my personal experience as well. You know, with my son, remember, it took me seven years, seven and a half years to actually recover him. And he is not, even he's not a hundred percent, you know, we have physical problems because the, the, the infections caused the, the brain damage that was caused, right? Um, the, the 
old primitive reflexes. It was very difficult to get rid of them. So his muscles and bones are so tight that we have orthopedic problems, which will probably remain. I mean, I'm still trying. But other than that, you know, he's, he's fully recovered. He is in medical college now. And uh, when I retire, you know, all these little children of yours, uh, they will have someone who has been through it. So my first question is, as an expert, as a medical doctor, uh, you and the other perspective of the like uh, my primary doctor of uh, my primary care doctor of my son have different perspective. Um, when I ask question how I can treat my son, he always says, um, we don't know what's autism. So you don't have any option uh, you can treat your son. So that is uh, really made me sad all the time when I hear that information from the primary doctor of my son uh, who was uh, in 20 years, his doctor. Um, so um, my question, how we can, you know, um, you know, make together or, you know, to uh, talk about on same page, your experience, uh, your knowledge, and my respect, uh, and my primary doctor of my son. How they, how we can combine that idea to get perfect, you know, way we can treat our children. Thank you very much. So um, to answer your question, yes, all, all of us, typically, almost all of us, get the same answer from our pediatrician in the beginning. That, you know, in all different countries, I, I'm seeing... Uh, patients, children from more than 85 countries. And it's the same, you know, autism, there is no cure. You have to support them. And, you know, th this is what it is, you know, it is a life sentence. What they don't realize that this life sentence is being given not just to the child, but to the whole family, because the whole family has to deal with autism. Um, one thing that I said before uh, you joined was, you know, we run labs. Now, labs is very objective because, you know, there has always been skepticism about alternative methods. You know, most, uh, most traditional cultures prefer to use traditional medicine. And, you know, there's always been skepticism about that. But there is no skepticism about a scientific evidence-based approach. The labs are all FDA approved. They are all CLIA approved. You know, I'm licensed, obviously. And when you look at the labs and when you look at the research, like for one example, I'll give you, right? Um, environmental toxins. Okay, mycotoxins, fungi, mold exposure, uh, if your house has been flooded. So something simple as that, there are more than a hundred research papers available. Unfortunately, Abdul, what happens is this information is not given to us in medical school. This is recent, okay? Now, I believe two years ago, I think it was two years ago, uh, my mentor, 
with mold and environmental uh, illness and toxins was asked to write one big chapter in the next edition of medical textbooks. And I had the honor uh, of writing one case study. So this will be appearing in medical textbooks of the future, right? Because you know, um, when you write a medical textbook, it has many different chapters by many different experts, right? And that has to go through an editor that has to be approved by the AMA, the American Medical Association, then the book is released to medical colleges. So that's the problem. Okay. And, you know, in, in med school, uh, for autism, there's no cure. In many countries, they will actually call the child services on you if you say that you're doing something for your child with autism. It's very strange. Um, that is becoming less and less because moms and dads are becoming more science oriented, you know, because the research studies are there. And if you show the research studies, if your pediatrician is open-minded, fantastic. You know, I, I have so many pediatricians around the country that have been very helpful with collaboration. Do we need collaboration? No. But if you want collaboration, yes, certainly, you know, if, if your pediatrician is open-minded to that, then yes, because you cannot deny the labs, right? Say, you know, you, you have a child and it is your child's uh, urine, stool sample, blood work. How do you deny that? So as long as you are objective, scientific, no one can deny that your child has these specific problems. Okay, now it is your choice. How do you wish to treat? But most children with autism, they have gut problems. So that is why most parents of children on the spectrum, they choose to go natural. One, one thing that I learned from Dr. Jody is that mold and how it affects the brain that I did not know. Oh my God, mold is a killer. So if anybody wanna know about mold, she has videos that talks about uh, mold and how it affects uh, with these kids. That would be wonderful. And if you can say like a couple of things about mold, how, how it affects the brain, and it, it can sometimes um, imitate like other diseases that we, right. you know, and the doctors who you go them, they don't know. They're not going to tell you, do you, you, let's check it if you have mold. They just give you medication. I would appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Now, mold is like, mold exposure is like exploding a grenade in your immune system. So what happens is your innate immune system, there are two halves to your immune system. One is your innate, meaning what you're born with. So that immune system is your first line of defense. Now in, in many children, right, there is a genetic issue with, with that part of your immune system that your innate immune system cannot respond to mold correctly. Okay, so when there is mold exposure, I mentioned a little bit earlier that there is actual brain damage in the brain. 
there is swelling and there is shrinkage, which is called as atrophy in the gray matter in the nuclei. And some of the regions is your hypothalamus, which controls your hormones, which controls your, your you know, endocrine, the growth hormone. So many of our children have trouble with the growth, with the weight gain, with the appetite. Uh, it also controls sleep, right? Melatonin, melanocyte stimulating hormone. So many of our children will have sleep problems. Then the basal ganglia in the brain, okay? You will see slow metabolism. So emotional response, self-harming behaviors. This is the amygdala in the basal ganglia. That is a problem. Then some children uh, in the basal ganglia, which is also responsible for motor coordination. So you will see coordination problems in children. And unfortunately, everything is like, oh, this is autism. No, it's not. You know, okay, sure. Maybe uh, some children are pure autism, okay? But in my practice, there are 100% of children have underlying issues. And, you know, and mold exposure is one of the biggest problems. Faria, I, I will take your question in a minute after I finish answering um, a Sarah's question. So asthma, chronic cough, food allergies, gut problems, eczema, rashes, psoriasis, bedwetting, uh, mood swings, appetite swings, okay, growth problems, sleep problems, white patches on the skin, vitiligo, okay, this can all be misdiagnosed because there is underlying mold exposure. Now, speaking of mold, remember, all tropical countries where it rains, okay, remember, wherever you are taking your child for advanced treatments, experimental advanced treatments, remember, look outside the building. Do you see black streaks? on the building. Most buildings in tropical climates, I've, I've got patients in India, Pakistan, Philippines, Malaysia, you know, you will see that many, almost every uh, um, apartment in the building has air conditioning, right? Whatever it is, it could be a window air conditioner, could be a split. They require a lot of maintenance and that, that awareness is not there. I've had one family from Riyadh, in Saudi Arabia and a big house, middle of the desert, right? So they had 22 air conditioning units in their building. And when you look outside the building, you know, there are black streaks, you know, from, from the rains and uh, not, not too much rain, but now the air conditioning was not serviced. So I, I asked grandfather, you know, um, how, many, uh, how many ACs you have? He said 22, okay, excellent. How many years you had the AC? Oh, I built the house new 15 years ago. So for 15 years, those units have not been cleaned. And uh, this little child, he was 12 now. Oh my God, he hasn't slept in years. Constant hyperactivity. You know, his, his mom... Um, was all alone because, because, you know, unfortunately dad left because of all, all of this madness. So mom, her sisters, 
the grandfather, they all had to help mom look after Iyad and they brought him to the US and, you know, oh my gosh, his labs were horrendous. Then they had to clean the house, get new air conditioning. So remember, and anywhere you, you take your child for treatments, please be aware that what environment you're in. You know, say for example, if, if you go for surgery, right? And you have your child, you know, laying there, you know, anesthesia, mouth open, you know, tube going in and whatever surgery is being done, the body is exposed, right? Sometimes, you know, uh, the brain is exposed and you're in this environment that is moldy. Okay. Now, uh, many parents have asked me about brain MRI. Okay. You know, it's like, oh, uh, we did brain MRI, um, uh, before treatment and after treatment, you know, and we saw improvements. Well, hello. Um, when you do any major invasive treatment, where whatever, you know, uh, advanced treatment for autism, FMT, cells, whatever, IVIG, what is the first thing that happens? Sorry. No, no worries. Yeah, the first thing that happens is it reduces inflammation in the body, okay? And the brain is the body, correct? Now, doing a brain MRI before and after, no big deal. Go back six months later, nine months later, and do the MRI. Is it better? No, because what happens? Things go back. So every time you go in for treatment, they ask for a, for a new brain MRI, you know, you see inflammation, then you do treatment, then you see uh, the, the blue areas, red areas, whatever, become green, like, hello, like, you know, how do you explain that? Well, the science behind that is mitochondrial hypometabolism, that is Dr. Shoemaker's research. And we know that happens all over the body, not just in the brain. So what we did was we did a brain MRI neuroquant. That is the only MRI that is um, certified research for mold exposure. It's available through Stanford. I mean, 30,000 brain MRIs have already been researched. Four papers have been published in the US. So we don't all need to do it, right? But back in the day, my son was part of that experiment at Stanford. So we did his brain MRI. He was nine years old. It looked like 65 year old with Alzheimer's. Okay, so those of you, you know, who are uh, somewhat medically oriented, you understand, I was shocked. My background is neurology. And I'm looking at this, I'm like, take it back. This is not my son, you made a mistake. They said, no, 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 this is Brian. Say, nine years old. Yep, this is Brian Deshore. And you know, two and a half years later, Stanford, brain MRI, neuroquant, all clear. And he went from, you know, small phrases, simple phrases to, oh my God, blah, 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 blah. You know, he went from mainstream to honor roll. And it was such, such a remarkable recovery, people, that he was invited to Harvard to speak about his recovery. So, you know, it's just, I mean, I have um, done my advanced certification in immunology because immune, 
immune system and the brain are the main problem areas here. So uh, uh, with the brain and neurology, it was great. But immunology got so complex that my son's asthma allergy doctor, who is an immunologist, was not able to understand what was going on, what is PANS, what is PANDAS, you know. So I actually thought, okay, let me, and I applied to Harvard, Harvard Medical School, and I finished my advanced immunology certification from Harvard. And it is mind boggling, the advances that have been made in the immune system since medical school, you know, that there's so much more information, so much more knowledge. Um, and my little guy, when he was 14, he was invited to, um, uh, to Harvard uh, to speak about his rehab experience. It's called the Harvard Spalding Hospital uh, in, uh, in Boston, Massachusetts. And we spoke, I mean, I spoke and then he spoke, you know, there were so many people there and uh, th there were children from three different states who had come in, who brought their parents because, you know, they had been suffering with pans, pandas, and they wanted to hear an, uh, you know, another uh, child or young man at that point to, uh, to understand what was going on with them. So this, this OCD, aggression, um, all of this comes with, with mold exposure. You know, mold is a big uh, trigger for pans, pandas. That is why I say that do your research before you you do an, any kind of treatment, you know. And uh, uh, Sarah, the main reason why I'm not seeing people in person, in the future I will, but right now, the you know, as you all know, uh, autism doctors who treat autism are under a microscope. Okay, so many have been harassed and threatened. I've been harassed and threatened and targeted. And so we stay under the radar. So I have two choices now. After COVID, I go back to seeing in person or I help people in so many different countries. Stay at home. You don't have to travel with, with your child. You know, you don't have to put them on the plane and sedate them and do Benadryl, do Valium, whatever, you know, uh, it, it, it manage to get off the diet, travel wherever. No, you don't have to do that look at the visas and whatnot. Nope. You sit at home, all the tests will be sent to you. And, you know, we can do video calls. So I have chosen that for the next few years because it helps more families. It is more convenient for mothers. You know, most mothers have other children. You can't just drop everything and say, okay, I, I don't know. Those, those of you who traveled, I mean, hats off to you. Hats off. Now, I've had to travel to Germany um, Germany, Switzerland, Austria, four or five times for my son. You know, we went to uh, 12 different states in the U.S. Oh, we have to go here for methylation specialist. We go here for Lyme specialist. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, it, it was very stressful for my son. Um, you know, staying in hotels that were moldy and what have you. So ultimately, oh, I, I just came up with this completely natural program that we can help uh, the families right at home. One one quick question that I always get: um, if you decide to do um, like, oh, let me ask this. Like, that would be my last question. We have most kids are picky eaters. They barely eat. 
they eat like some of them. I, I had a parent saying that he eats only fries. That's it. Sweet. Some of them are, yeah, they don't. So how, if they if they want to use the herb medications, how, how that's going to work for them? They don't even eat food. They're not going to allow you to give anything. So do you have any experience with those kind of kids and how we work with them? Yes. Ultimately, look at your microbiome in your gut. Okay. Sorry, Faria, I forgot. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to come to you next, promise. I'm uh, sorry. No, no, that's, that's, yeah. So, okay. Microbiome. All right. Your, you know, look at the neurotransmitters. Most of the neurotransmitters are manufactured in the gut. Serotonin, dopamine are big issues with children with autism. Manufactured where? Right? In the gut. Uh, your gut microbiome controls a lot. It, it contributes a lot to your mood, to your appetite. Now, if that microbiome has more of the unwanted bacteria, then the bacteria that are helpful, like for example, oxalate issues, right? Many children have oxalate. If you don't have oxalobacter, you, you cannot digest oxalates. It becomes difficult. So your microbiome is the key to appetite and growth and your mood and your picky eating. Now, what I find is once we start, even before that, so your microbiome, you we will find that many children who are very picky eaters, they eat what is not good for them, but what is good for the bad bacteria in the gut. Okay, there is, a, again, a lot of research studies that will show you how the microbiome can control your cravings. Just like, you know, a pregnant mom craves, has cravings, right? Uh, during your pregnancy, what is going on there? It's hormonal. Very similar happens when your microbiome is affected. Okay. So uh, once we start doing the labs and isolating exactly what the bad bacteria are, how high is the number and give specific treatment, you will see that the eating will improve. Many of my videos, you know, this is why I, I do videos with real moms and dads. You know, there is no, no production values to the video. It's just on Zoom, you know, because uh, the mom is sitting in her house and, and in mom, dad, whoever. And it's just, you know, we, we just talk. Um, so this is why I, I do this is because so uh, other people can hear that it is a step-by-step -step approach. There is no magic pill in this world that can give you, you know, results like this. Uh, you will see that children go from eating only fries to eating fruits and vegetables. And, you know, I've, I've got children who grab their, the, the mom's hand, take to the fridge and say, you know, and point to the good stuff. Like I always say, eat a rainbow every day, all different colors of fruits, all different colors of vegetables uh, and, and children who don't like the herbals. There are many ways you can put it in juice. You can put it in smoothie. Um, there are many traditional 
foods that can hide the taste of the herbals, right? Like for example, mango, um, mango juice, right? You know, you don't taste anything. Pineapple juice. Uh, and then there are some tough moms. I think like you, Sarah, you know, I, I can imagine, you know, if you was little, you would be like, here's a syringe, you know, right in the mouth. That's it. You know, and after about uh, five or 10 tries, the child seems to get used to it, right? Remember children on the spectrum, they understand structure. So if every day the child knows it's coming, right? So in the beginning, you know, it, it, it might spit out a little bit, but there are uh, many options which you can use for, for the, even with the honey, orange juice, pomegranate juice, mango juice, pineapple juice, honey, rose water, rose syrup, so all of these can be used um, with the herbals until the child gets used to it, or you can just be a hardcore mom and just, you know, use a syringe. Join us next week for part two. Thank you for joining Master Herbalist Dr. Jody A. Dashaw, Director of the BioNexus Health Clinic and BioNexus Herbals, on the BioNexus Health Podcast, where we explore and share information and stories about recovering and healing from chronic and environmental illnesses such as mold biotoxin illness, Lyme disease, autism spectrum disorder, fatigue, Crohn's and colitis, mast cell activation syndrome, PANS, and more. Please help us grow our message by subscribing to our podcast channel and sharing the podcast on your social networks. For more information visit bionexushealth.com. Information within this video, audio, or text, collectively known as the podcast, has not been reviewed by the FDA. Nothing within the podcast is intended as or should be construed as medical advice. Information is for general informational and educational purposes only. Consumers of the podcast should consult with their healthcare practitioners for medical recommendations. Seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider. Do not disregard the advice of a healthcare provider based on any information from the podcast. The information within the podcast may contain information concerning dietary supplements or over-the-counter products that are not drugs. Our dietary supplement products are not intended for use as a means to cure, treat, prevent, diagnose, or mitigate any disease or other medical or abnormal condition.